Hey, hey, world. It's your girl, Jana. It's your girl, Tiana. And this is Curls Culture Couture, the podcast. Where we discuss the latest in pop culture and the behind the grind of the hair, beauty, and style business. Today we have Trinice Hicks from Touche Cosmetics. 2020 is among us, and now more than ever, women are ruling the world in all industries and walks of life. We are CEOs, entrepreneurs, and executives of Fortune 500 companies. Yet, no matter how many successes we obtain, there's still an everyday struggle to fit into what society deems as beautiful. Trinice Hicks knows firsthand how difficult that struggle can be. After years in corporate America, working with accomplished female leaders, she became disheartened by hearing so many women speak negatively about themselves and trying to reach unattainable Hollywood beauty standards, fueled by social media. In addition to this, she was in the midst of a painful divorce, embarking on a new career path as a makeup artist and returning to a competitive bodybuilding. Combining her love for beauty and fitness, Trinice created Touche Cosmetics, a vegan skincare and cosmetic line for fierce women with active lifestyles. Touche Cosmetics is designed to empower women to embrace their strength and fitness routines in sustainable, healthy ways. Now, if that's not an introduction bio right there, I don't know what is. I felt empowered just yes, reading it. Yes, <laughs> competitive bodybuilding. We'll get into that at a, at a later date, but we're going to start with Touche <laughs> Cosmetics. So welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Trinice. Sure. So uh, you can start. I know I gave the bio, but it's nothing like hearing the brand from the brand owner's perspective and from their passion point. Sure. So I am, by all accounts, just a uh, an entrepreneur who has a full-time job. I've been in human resources for uh, about 20 years now, branched out and started my own LLC back in 2010. As a result of a layoff, I was approaching 40 and bodybuilding was on my bucket list uh, of things I always wanted to do. I've been a gym rat my entire life. I've run track the entire gamut. So approaching 40, I thought, okay, let me uh, see just how far I can go with the fitness thing. And um, got married shortly thereafter. And in the midst of uh, the end of the marriage, pending the final divorce decree, I decided to start my own cosmetics line. I uh, was experiencing tremendous insomnia, as most people can attest to if you're going through a, a life change, like a divorce or a death or anything um, that truly shakes you to your core. And divorce is certainly one of those things. And uh, I had the crazy notion to kind of follow my dream and start a cosmetics line. And it's literally taken a shape of its own. Uh, the line started in my kitchen. And uh, initially, it was just my thought to create something that was vegan and organic because, again, I'm a health fitness uh, fanatic for women like myself who are in business with little time to glam, don't have a, uh, a staff of makeup artists and mm. beauty consultants and um, stylists basically to help them look and feel as stunningly beautiful on the outside as they do on the inside. And here we are today. So you are, and, and typically my questions come a lot from hearing your answers. So yeah. you've kind of already answered my question because my next question mm -hmm. was going to be what determined 
um, what was the decision um, making process in having your brand be vegan? And you said because of the fact of the health and beauty um, that you're also yeah. in. And I think that's kind of it's awesome to see brands take like such a stand when there's so uh-huh. much competition out here. You can just put something out there and uh-huh. you don't have to really, really care what's in it or, you uh-huh. know, you just want to make a good product and you want people to sell it. But I think when people uh-huh. take the time to do cruelty free and vegan products, uh-huh. there's a certain type of passion and a certain type of love and a certain type of care uh-huh. that goes into the brand because you're not going to let uh-huh. just any ingredient go into your products. Uh-huh. That's right. And part of that for me was being very um, conscious of the different carcinogens. I think everyone out there has been affected by cancer or they know of someone or a distant family member, someone in their community that's been affected by cancer. Um, But also, we are a very health conscious community of individuals as women. And I think that uh, it's important what we consume as is what we put on our skin. So it was very important to have vegan, very clean cosmetics that didn't clog your skin up. Again, I'm a gym rat. I don't go to the gym completely beat, believe me. (laughs) But I do wear my lashes. I like a nice lipstick to kind of add a pop of color while I'm getting my makeup. Um, Excuse me, while I'm getting my uh, workout on. But, you know, like most women, I'm short on time. So a good bit of the week when I'm leaving the gym, I'm headed to the grocery store. I'm cleaning up or showering at the gym to head to my next evening event. So having um, a bit of a hodgepodge in a one-stop of cosmetics that's clean, it's vegan, but they're complementary to women of not only women of color, but to all women uh, was very important to me in creating a diverse brand of products. And I see from checking out your website, you do have like the the main checkpoints, you would say, for someone who's just trying to get out of the house fairly quickly, but still, you know, uh-huh. have a bit of glam. I see you have matte lipsticks, uh-huh. regular lipsticks, lip glosses, eyebrow uh-huh. gel pomades, microblade, eyebrow pins, uh-huh. lashes and liner and uh-huh. lip liners. I mean, that's kind of like your staple products for yeah. getting out of the door quickly. <clears throat> and with that being said, do you is do you think your brand will remain um with this core set of products, or do you think you will eventually um, branch off, let's say, into foundation or concealers? No, I probably won't do foundation or concealers. What I am branching off into later on this year is uh, I uh, eyeshadow. The eyeshadows okay. will be both cream metallic as well as powder and eventually i'm thinking early 2021 i'll be going into skincare again it's very important that women take care of their skin and have their physical beauty be representative of how they feel i mean i think it's um pretty true that when you look good you feel good but there are some days when you just don't feel good or you just can't quite pull it together but having clear skin having beautiful supple skin but also having a staple of products that can enhance that on those bad days it'll take us so far right as women i mean we don't wake up beat like beyonce in fact i don't think beyonce wakes up (laughs) (laughs) so you know as i was looking at colors and i had a a test group and a group of people 
that are within my personal friend base and community. And they range the gamut from Indonesian, Lebanese, Black, White, Latina. They were gracious enough to come over. Um, we met up. We had a little makeup party, and they tried the products. Some of the formulas worked beautifully on some skin tones, while some didn't, but they gave me the opportunity to expand relatively quickly, and the reception has been great. Um, I think having women who put on the products, specifically women that don't like to wear a lot of makeup. One of the things that I hear, and I'm a freelance makeup artist, that's another um, thing I did during the divorce as well, is I decided to go to makeup school. I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to start a line of products, then I want to be able to look at this from both a technical perspective, but also from a marketing and branding perspective. And so the biggest concern when someone was sitting in my chair is I don't want to be caked up. I don't, you know, I want a very natural, very everyday look. When in actuality, they wanted that, but they wanted a little kick and a little color too. I mean, to mm-hmm. pay a makeup artist to do your makeup and for you to look the same is not what people want, but they don't right. want a complete transformation and look like a clown either, right? right? So, casket um, ready. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> having you know, the nudes, the reds, um, the corals, the oranges, and some of those pigment of colors that mesh well with most skin tones, that was where I started. And now I'm building a platform on top of those colors. And that's awesome, too, because to just think about the color, because I'm a make I'm a makeup artist. I'm a freelance makeup oh, artist wow. as well. Yes. yes. So makeup is my thing, but um, <laughs> you don't see a lot of brands. Sometimes they'll just come out with colors and there's really no rhyme or reason uh-huh. but the fact that you're you're doing it with the concern of okay let me focus on the colors that are going to look good on just about any skin tone and uh-huh. um not just put out a color just to put out a color because uh-huh. sometimes you'll have brands that really just you'll be like oh who, that's only going to look good on her that won't look good on uh-huh. me yes you know yes. so and, and I, <clears throat> yeah and you know, working with women of different ethnicities who have very different needs and who have um, different lifestyle goals. I think that, you know, I'm not a brand where you'll see the different foundations. I think Rihanna has done a fantastic job with Fenty Beauty right. of really catering to almost every skin tone. I think I need to play to my strengths, right? My strengths are embedded in the health and fitness community. So I want to take those experiences and the likenesses of those experiences from people in both corporate America in my everyday life, but also in fitness and bring that out to the masses. And so that's where Touche Cosmetics um, started. Many people have asked me, well, why did you come up with that name? You know, that name is so different. And, you know, typically when you think of working out, or when you think of an active lifestyle, beauty comes to mind from a physical perspective, but you don't typically put beauty with sweat, right? Right, the, right. Right. It's just a play <laughs> on words, if you will. Yeah, I, I think that's an awesome name because there's a lot of times where, I mean, you see it more so on TV than you do uh-huh. like in real life where the women, they go uh-huh. to the gym and they look amazing. And it's not yeah. even like, it's not a full beat. You don't really see that, but you're like, okay, her skin's like looking kind of great to be at the gym, <laughs> yeah. you know, because yeah. I think you have that kind of perspective in your mind. Like I'm going to the gym, I'm going to sweat, like I'm not going to, but you, yeah. but as women, we still kind of want to keep that, that women look. women should have to choose 
between looking beautiful and feeling beautiful. I know there are so many women who are overweight, obese, moms, um, women who are now over 40, you know, their metabolism has slowed down, or even women who may be premenopausal or postmenopausal, they've gained weight in the areas that they can't conceal and they don't work out because they don't look like a bodybuilder or they don't look like those 20 somethings who are in the gym and they're able to do cardio, maintain their waistlines and lead. So, you know, there's this incredible stigma um, among women and this incredible pressure to look a certain way. And that's one of the things that I want to um, dispel with Touche Cosmetics. I think all women are beautiful. Um, I don't think that they believe they are in the traditional sense, but that's what this brand is about. It's a very diverse, it's very all-inclusive, and it's creating a community of women that are comfortable in their own skin and they want to embrace just that. You know, if you have acne, if you have cellulite, whatever those little things that <laughs> keep us covered <laughs> up during summertime or, or, or um, make us, you know, doubt our own greatness, this is a makeup line that's dedicated to this. <laughs> I absolutely love that because I um one of the our last interviews that we did was a local um personal trainer in our area. She also owns her own fitness studio and I used to train with her and one thing she used to always say was she encourages her clients don't dress like you're you're on you're coming to be punished. Right. I have people right. that would be like, they wear their clothes with holes in them. They're falling apart. Yeah. They're way oversized. Yeah. And it's like, but, do you feel good when you walk, before you walked out of the house, mm-hmm. did you feel good in what you had on? It's like, no, I, it's like, I'm dressing like I'm going to work out. And that's such, mm-hmm. it's like a punishment. She's like, right. no, like get some <laughs> cute clothes, wear something cute that you feel good in. And but you know what? Wear let's, a little lipstick and a little a little yeah. eyelashes if that makes you feel good. So when you go to the gym, you you have like this bit of confidence walking right. in the yeah, gym. Yeah, yeah. And you, you feel good about the workout versus oh, I gotta go work out and I'm just gonna throw on anything. I don't know. Me personally, I uh-huh. whatever I wear and how I look when I go to the gym, it just like motivates me because if I feel like I look like a baddie. When I get mm-hmm. to the gym, like I'm going in because I'm too cute to too cute I'm too for anything cute else. to just go and then you know do cute. You know, when I get to the gym, as long as I look cute, then I feel like I can go right. hard, right? You know what I mean? So I love the idea of having a makeup line that you know they don't necessarily have to be going to the gym, but if that's your plan, like you can mm-hmm. feel good and you can put on that look, whatever makes you feel more confident walking into the space. I think that's another challenge a lot of women have is not just feeling confident going into into uh-huh. the gym as a woman. You know, like, okay, right. the, there's going to be people looking at me. There's men there, too. There's women yeah, there. Then, like, you know, you know. The other thing about it is you look at the delayed gratification part. We all have this set number in our head of, you know, I want to fit into this dress or I want to get ready for a wedding, a family reunion or high, a high school reunion. And so you're working towards something. I think that makeup is something that you can own right here and now. I don't believe that women need it, but I also think that it is an incredible accessory 
for when you do, right? And so I think that as women continue to grow and they evolve into whatever it is that they themselves want to evolve into, the whole thought of, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to wait till I go shopping until I look a certain way or I can fit into a certain, you know, dress size. It's almost like you're working towards the goal, but you're not living right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a little off-putting for women. But additionally, um, I create for myself intrinsic rewards. For instance, if I hit a milestone at the gym, I lose five or 10 pounds. The last thing I want to do is go out drinking and binging on ice cream and Snickers and those type things. So I've changed the paradigm. I'll treat myself to a cute uh, outfit at Nike, or I'll take myself, I'll buy a new tube of lipstick myself, or I'll go treat myself to a facial. Once we begin to make the paradigm shift internally to how we view beauty, how we view ourselves, everything begins to change and it becomes a lifestyle. But if you're just working out for an event or for a man or for this or for that, it tends not to be as personal because you're doing it for something or for somebody. And I can promise you after the vacation, the wedding, the this or that, people gain all that weight right back again. So it's not so much about putting your life on hold. Touche Cosmetics is about living your life right now, embracing who you are, but knowing that you have a little work to do. I definitely got that from your bio. So I want to go back a little bit to when you were getting started and you were going through the divorce. Because one of the questions that we always ask um, when we do these interviews is about like, how do you, how do you continue with your business despite life challenges? Because we all go through challenges. You have a death in a a family, you have a, a breakup or some other sort of loss, a financial setback, Uh Um, you know, Uh a business deal gone bad. Oh gosh, me and Santa have story after story after story (laughs) of just like crazy things that have happened. Uh And it's like, how, how, how do you, or how would you say, what was your secret or secrets to stay resilient? Because what I'm getting from your story is just like resilience. Like no matter, no matter. I'm going to keep pushing um, forward. Well, like, how did you. you do it? You know what? I appreciate it, but I would be completely remiss if I didn't um, honor the fact that I put myself in therapy uh, the week I left my marriage. And, you know, it's important for people to understand, specifically women, but it was important for me at that time to understand my why and why I was broken and where I was in my life. Um, I met him in the gym. I was preparing for a bodybuilding competition. And when the marriage ended, quite frankly, I went back to what I knew. Um, You know, the gym has always been um, a safe haven for me, but that's external, right? I wanted to deal with the internal. So I put myself in therapy for maybe about a year. And the first six months were horrible. I mean, I, I walked out of sessions a couple times and I was literally in tears. You know, I'm the common denominator him. I could speak all day long about what he didn't do or things he said or, you know, the verbal abuse and that type of thing. But at the end of the day, I am the consistent. So it was very, very important for me to understand where I was, um, to figure out who I was, because so much of my identity was embedded in the beautiful home we bought, you know, the five cars we owned, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the home in Cabo and all the different things that went into 
that lifestyle that had really become part of how I identified myself to the external public. So once word got out that uh, the marriage had ended, quite frankly, I was embarrassed. I kind of hid myself from certain family and certain friends and I got myself in therapy. One of the biggest things that I learned was that I had some internal work to do that had nothing to do with him. You know, there was some anguish. There was some insecurities. Um, my parents divorced when I was nine. And so there was some unsolved, unresolved issues I had internally with my father. There are many, many likenesses between my ex-husband and my dad. Um, so that whole thing about you kind of marry your dad or you do what mm-hmm. you see your mom does, that's exactly true. I was very, very fortunate to have people in my life that knew me, they knew my heart, and they knew my desire to want to put that period of life behind me. But I'm not the type of woman that I can sit by idly. I had to keep myself busy. The insomnia had got so bad that uh, my mom was worried. I am typically about 1.30. I got down to like 1.16. I just, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, and I felt like a complete failure. And so um, I started going to makeup school. I got into therapy. One of the things, the biggest things that came out of therapy was that it is okay to break and it is okay to admit that everything isn't perfect. So as I looked at what I wanted my company to stand for, it's just that embracing who you are and where you are. Um, The word of God clearly states that you meet people where they are. So as I meet potential clients, you know, as I meet potential business associates, I'm always curious as to where you are, why you want to do business with me, and what the motive, you know, the motivating factor is in why you're doing what you're doing. I think energy is really, really big, but also um, being at a point in life where you're okay with just being you and being okay with you. And I think that women, we just struggle with that. And so when I talk to women or when I do live events or I have speaking engagements, by show of hands, I always ask, who came here today feeling like crap? <laughs> you know, me. Yeah, right, right, right. So you know they'll, you know, and you know, having that connection. Hey, look, I'm having a bad hair day, or um, you know, I had a flat tire on the way here, or you know, me and my man are going through things. You know, we all have a universal thread in some capacity. I often say either you're in the wilderness, you're coming out of a bad storm emotionally, or you're headed into one. Those are the three consistents in life, and. Again, that's what this brand is all about. It's about embracing who you are and really loving yourself internally. I can buy you the most beautiful tube of lipstick or help you put the lipstick on. But if you don't rock it and wear it with pride, it is just a tube of lipstick. That's it. Now, there's a lot of people that may say, okay, I want to start my own makeup line. I like makeup. I like to wear lipstick. I like to wear eyeshadow. I'm going to start my own makeup line. I can only imagine that it's just not that simple. So (laughs) can you share a little bit of maybe some things that people may not know that comes along with starting your own makeup line for maybe some of our listeners who may Uh be aspiring to start their own makeup lines, like maybe even Tiana Uh who might want to start her own makeup line. I'm going to put that all up in the universe. Okay. I see see what you're doing. You know know how I do. So what are some little known facts or things that people should know if this is something that they want to do? 
I think, first of all, you need to understand where you are and what it is you want to accomplish. I knew that I wanted to create something that was very personal, but it was very likened to my lifestyle and who I am. Then I wanted to determine who did I want to reach. My target demographic are women 35 plus. It's crazy because the millennials love it. I mean, I get more love from kids in their 20s and early 30s, but um, <laughs> I'm approaching 50. And it was what? Very- Hold on. We need to just pause right there. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Okay. No, but it shouldn't be a yeah, man. It should be oh, a man. You it should be a oh, yes, ma'am. Because the two of us are barely like even going to walk to the gym, right? Walking in the gym, yeah. right? So kudos to you. You look it's, amazing. It's you know, I've, I have my days, and again, this is why the brand is so personal and it's so important to me. I have days when they turn into weeks where I'm just, and I'm just coming out of a slump where I didn't feel like going to the gym, um, running my business. So I'm up by six in the morning. I'm in the gym by seven. I typically do cardio on an empty stomach. Right. So I come mm-hmm. home about seven thirty. Thank God I work from home. So from about eight o'clock to about five thirty, I'm chained to Price Waterhouse Coopers. They're my client and I'm working for them in HR. At six thirty, I'm back at the gym in the evening lifting weights. Right. When I come back home at about seven thirty, eight o'clock, it's two shake cosmetics to one or two in the morning. And so, you know, you ask me how to start a business. It is really understanding what it is you want to do knowing who your target demographic is being aware of your budget your time management once you get those things down typically there's a vendor there's a manufacturer or somebody out there that you can work with to carve out the right type of products because i'm a gym enthusiast and i'm a gym rat it was very important to create a line of products that women like myself women of color black women asian women indian women could wear and they could rock the colors beautifully and and as i continue to grow um working with pr um i'm going back on sister circle um real soon um i'm thinking about another month or so i'm gonna be on fox tv uh next sunday or monday i think it is and being able to talk to people just like i'm talking to you i mean i'm no different than the next person this brand was started while i was in the middle of a divorce i mean i'm up at night because i can't sleep right mm-hmm. um you know i'm not ashamed to say the doctor had me on antidepressants at one time i mean when you go through divorce it's like a death right mm-hmm. and my marriage didn't end because we didn't love each other we just couldn't make it work and i think i reached a point where i wanted more for my life i wanted more um for the people around me and I have a younger sister with 10 years apart it's very important for me to show her that you can make a mass amount of money without sliding on a pole on a stage singing with your two girlfriends that you grew up in Houston with I love the Bayhive I love Beyonce right Right. (laughs) that's not everybody's path yeah it's it's (laughs) mine is beauty health and fitness but at the end of the day I'm a servant. I've always known that service is part of my gifting and what God has placed in me. So um, it's just very important to allow people to fully be themselves without trying to change and transform. Makeup is transformative. It makes you feel pretty. 
but you can put on the most beautiful tube of lipstick and still feel like crap. um, Having a very holistic approach to um, getting back to your question about how you start your business. You got to know your why. Why do I want to do this? Because you're going to have days that turn into weeks where you're so discouraged and you're asking yourself, why am I doing something, dumping my money, my this, my that, you know, I'm not out at a Saints game with my friends or I'm not out at the last Kim concert or I'm not going to see Tony Braxton tonight because I'm on the vendor that's in on the other half of the world at two o'clock in the morning, my time talking to them about a product offering. So if you're not really committed to being committed to the process, the minute things screw up or you get um, some disappointing news, you're going to quit. So, you know, it's important to understand your why. And part of my why is my mom and my sister. They're everything to me. They are my biggest support system, my biggest critics, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to have people in your corner that support you and that keep you on track, down the path, whatever it is you want to do. And I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, what's a typical day like? But you really went into it. Yeah, yeah, even the back. That was the other question I was gonna. That kind of led me to asking, Uh like, how do you balance? Because I think there's a lot of talk about like entrepreneurship versus Uh having the typical day job and Uh being able to balance. We both have our own businesses or entrepreneurs and then we also have a day job and so how do you are you able to balance and do you ever do you ever plan to like leave your day job and do the business full-time or do you plan on staying with your job because me personally people ask me all the time and and i say i actually really enjoy my (laughs) job here we go Um, (laughs) i know right tiana does not right but i i actually enjoy what i do and i find there's a lot of similarities with my job and with Mm -hmm. my with my business so i kind of i just look at my job as another client of mine Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i'm curious to see from your perspective like how how do you balance between keeping your job and having your entrepreneurial goals and do you Mm -hmm. ever plan to just fully be touche no so my job fuels my dream I don't plan on leaving corporate America anytime soon. It's a bit of a safety net. I would I have a goal. Well, let me go back a second. Long term, yes. Okay. Um, I plan to have two employees, two consultants that I'll eventually hire to run my HR business. But I'm a long. I'm at least maybe four or five years away from that, and they'll continue doing some of the things that I do within my own consultancy. But Price Waterhouse Coopers or whomever the client is, they pay for. <laughs> paying for marketing, they're paying for products, they're mm-hmm. paying boxes, labels, and all of that stuff. Um, my goal is to be a million-dollar brand before I leave um, corporate America. I'm very, I am, God, no, he knew what he was doing. I get to work in my pajamas all day mm. long. Yes. I decide to go back to the gym that night, right? I mean, I lay my workout clothes at night. I wash my clothes. I have, uh, look, I have the toothpaste on the toothbrush. It's six o'clock in the morning. I brush and I'm out the door. My gym is literally five minutes from the house. And I'm back at home showering, back in my fluffy slippers and my pajamas all day. Um, For those entrepreneurs out there that don't have that flexibility, 
you have to plan. Um, I go from a conference call with my client to sometimes talking to a manufacturer in another country to putting um, my work call on mute while I'm writing an invoice or I got them on my cell phone while I'm at UPS filling a client order. So I go back and forth all day. Um, do I have help? I have a team. I just hired a team. Um, you know, the business is growing. And, you know, again, I'm just, I'm blessed. I didn't um, see things taking off in the way they did, but I've had to hire a team. I've gone through... Um, a few people. I think that energy of people around you and having um, to be in a space where people have the same vision as you do. I mean, I could hire a graphic designer today, but if it's not a graphic designer that I know that I could work with understands my crazy schedule. I mean, I you know, if I have an idea about a campaign, I'll call my graphics designer 12 o'clock at night. And she answers the phone, what? <laughs> what do you want? It's what, you know, 12 o'clock at night. And then I'll tell her, go look at MAC Cosmetics. They just put out an ad. I like it, but I want to do this. Or I want to do that. And she's right there on the same path with me. The next morning, I'll have a mock-up to approve. But my job as an HR professional, I've been in human resources, um, not to date myself, but again, it's a little over 20 years. And um, my goal is to move away from the corporate field in about five years and eventually sell my company to a larger brand like a L'Oreal or like um, one of the larger cosmetics company. And because mm -hmm. I'm a serial entrepreneur, I'll just do it all over again. And so um, to answer your question, it is about balance. It is about understanding what your limitations are. I have this thing again, where if I can't sleep or if I find myself kind of walking in a fog and it happened to me again a week ago, it was like, I could not function and I was fatigued. I was tired, but I didn't want to give into it. So I was talking to my mom. I'm like, mom, I don't know what's going on, but I'm tired. I, and I felt like the most insignificant of issue, it would completely frustrate me. Well, when you're tired, that's what usually happens, right? So I took a day. I didn't go on Instagram, didn't go on Facebook, didn't check email. I sat and I binge watched something on Netflix the entire day. I had a bottle of wine. And let me tell you, it was the best day ever. <laughs> Absolutely have to know your limitations and you have to have that downtime. I think that there's this sick unspoken um, theme in society, specifically among women, be it women of color or even women of other ethnicities. We don't think we're being productive unless we're half dead, killing ourselves. And right. that's just not true. There has to be a point where your business begins to run like a well-oiled machine where you have um, things in place. Now, understandably, and understanding the fact that things are going to happen. But if every day all you're doing is reacting to issues, then that's something wrong with your business plan. And that's a whole nother segment. But balance is very key. Very. Yeah, because you can't you you can't run a business from the grave. So you, can. you definitely got to make sure that you're, that you're staying on point. And um, so with that being said, how do you handle, which is all a part of life-work balance, how do you handle the maybe the friends that just don't get it? Because like I, oh, me and Jana are friends, and we're both uh, entrepreneurs, so we get the grind, yeah. we get the hustle. But the friends that are outside of that that really just don't get it, how do you get them to understand that 
girl, I still love you, but I got to get, you know, this is something I have to do and still kind of balance it out where they don't feel completely neglected. So I just keep it real. I get a lot of invitations. I mean, I'm in Atlanta. There's always something. Right. And being newly single puts a whole nother spin on it in terms of dinner parties, concerts, invitations. But this is my baby. Most of those women, we're at an age where most of my girlfriends, their kids, they're grown, or my friends are empty nesters. Well, this is my baby. It just happens to not to be, you know, not be a human being. So, um, they just have to either roll with it and understand, or I ask them to support me. Right, <laughs> right. And once they see a day in the life into what this is, they come off with mad respect. Um, you know, there are the few, and you know, I, I saw it really, really rough when I was preparing for a bodybuilding show. I mean, I'm from Louisiana. I come from New Orleans, and we eat. Okay, we 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 eat if we happy. We eat if we're sad. We eat to eat. I mean, it's Lundy Gras in New Orleans, and tomorrow is Mardi Gras, right? So everybody's drinking and partying, and they're eating. Because of the lifestyle that I live, I gave a lot of that stuff up years ago. It's at a point now, during Thanksgiving, my mom cooks my food, and then she cooks everybody else's food. But going back, my mom didn't get it. My girlfriends didn't get it. When I got married, um, because my husband met me in the gym, he kind of got it. Um, but until he really saw me and we began to live together and I began to cook and he began to almost adopt my way of living, it becomes a lifestyle within a lifestyle. But, you know, there are those people, you know, in the collective that they don't. And I just literally don't let it bother me. I am the, I'm a very focused and I'm a very driven person, but I'm also human, right? You know, I crave affection. I crave love. I crave intimacy. And I crave the camaraderie um, of female relationships. But I'm very, very, very fortunate to have girlfriends and women in my life where they will give me an attaboy and girl, do you before they'll say, don't do that. Or, you know, you don't need to be done. I haven't had that. The biggest thing for me is time. I just do not have a lot of time. And that's part of the course in being a young entrepreneur. Now, starting your business is so many other mm-hmm. beauty brands, you know, mm-hmm. large beauty brands to to small beauty brands, some for women of color, some for all colors. How do you go about, especially in the social media space where mm-hmm. we just get inundated, how did you go about finding your target audience and sort of marketing to them like did you did you use like facebook ads or instagram ads are you using hashtags like what's your strategy for finding your target audience online and then and getting them to the sale i was pretty fortunate in that people knew me as a fitness enthusiast long before they knew me as a beauty brand owner so my base, I think, to a large degree, was already in place the year before I launched. I had um, a bodybuilding show, so people kind of knew something's going on. You know, she's doing, you know, she just launched a YouTube channel. What is she doing? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was very, very thought out. It was very, very planned. Um, part of the reason for the YouTube channel was because I knew I'd be talking to you guys at some point. I'd be on a podcast or I'd be doing interviews. So I wanted to get my speaking voice together. I wanted to um, carefully craft my brand story, but I wanted to be able to speak to people 
as if they were my friends, my girlfriends from high school, college, and the everyday people that are in my life from a marketing perspective. Absolutely. We live in a digital society. I mean, my brand would be nothing without Facebook, Instagram. I'm going on, I'm creating a Twitter account in the month of March. Currently, I'm on Pinterest. It's Facebook and Instagram. And of course, that's the website on Shopify. But hashtags, um, Instagram ads. I have a lot of posts that I boost. Um, Thank God for the media outlets and the interviews with the big publications and the small publications who've shown me just a ton of love. Um, I have friends who are now influencers. I I mean, you know, they've come to me after um, buying their products and it's so funny. You know, I have a girlfriend, she called me, she goes, you know, your lipsticks are pretty good. And I'm sitting there laughing. I'm thinking, yeah, duh. What do you think? I'm, so- <laughs> I'm just out here doing trash. <laughs> I was like, well, what did you think? She was like, no, like it stayed on all day. Like I like it. And, you know, she called me back and she was like, I want to be an influencer. Now she's not an influencer. She's, um, an information technology product project manager. So she's an IT brain. And, um, like she's hosting an event at one of the largest churches here in Atlanta. Um, and I'm going to be the only vendor there, but those are the types of things and the type of support that I've gotten from people in my circle. And from there, it's been word of mouth. Yo, check my girl's Instagram page out or check this out or, you know, log your TV or set your DVRs on this day because she's going to be on sister circle. It's just been a word of mouth thing. And I'm very, very blessed but digital media has really really changed the game and business to your point um the beauty industry is incredibly overly populated i mean everywhere you turn there's somebody with the um a lipstick line or an eyelash line or this or that and so for me it was about really targeting a niche group of people again my brand is dedicated to women over 30 who have very busy lifestyles. They're the mom that is being pulled in a million different directions, who puts her family, dinner on the table, the kids, that life before everything else. And then she looks up and the years have passed her by and, you know, she has the lines in the face and, you know, she hasn't really taken that time to reinvest in herself. Well, that's what my brand is. My brand is a staple. It's the brand that you look to to pick yourself up and to keep going, you know, you, you guys said a second ago that when you talk to me, you hear resilience. Well, yeah, I, I consider myself the comeback kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you had seen me um, three years ago, God, I was so broken. I, you know, I didn't end the marriage because I wanted it to end. I had to end it. But the love was still there and being able to work through some of that. But also you have to understand I'm almost 50. So it's a whole different dynamic of issues that mm-hmm. as a woman. And as a woman of color that I'm beginning to deal with now in an industry that's heavily overly populated. And so, um, you know, the struggle is real. (laughs) It is real. Now, a lot of times we have this segment on our when when it's just Tian and I, we Mm -hmm. normally start out the podcast talking about some sort of pop culture hot topic. Oh, Oh, very freak. Oh, you want me to stop? Yeah, shoved up for just one second. So I, I just wanted to ask her this because while she was yeah. talking, this came to my mind. I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No. This is how we do it. Okay. So right. just really quickly, because as you were talking, it came to me. Okay. So I think me and John have had this conversation and we've had this conversation with people we've interviewed before. Uh-huh. 
What you see a lot of nowadays, um, especially because social media is our marketing, it's one of our most powerful marketing tools, you'll see that a lot of people will create a brand after they've already created a presence. Do Uh you see that as being something that, do you see yourself having to have people kind of fall in love with you and then they'll kind of like, I love her. I'm going to buy anything she's selling. That's the thing. You just hit the nail on the head. So I had a moment of insanity where I was talking to um, one of my mentors and, you know, it was just, man, you know, I'll share this with y'all. I got laid off right before I um, started my brand. The house that the husband and I had together, we hadn't sold it yet. And it was a pretty sizable um, home. You know, my house was about 8,000 square feet. It was just the two of us. So we had probably more room (laughs) than we needed in the Mm -hmm. house. But, um, you know, I was waiting on the house to be sold. um, And it looked like everything I touched was turning to crap to poop right and so I had a moment where I said you know what God I I don't know if you're telling me to stop right now or if you're telling me to keep going but there was something inside of me that did not want to stop so I launched my business and I was not employed you talk about faith right yes look you talk about a ram in the bush like really okay look brakes needed to be done on the BMW I wasn't working. Uh, You know, the house hadn't sold. And I'm one of those people. I'm a planner. So I was not touching my savings, right, because I'm about to buy a house. And so I'm thinking, God, you know, maybe this timing isn't right. And, you know, I prayed on it. And and I'm talking that ugly prayer and cry where you're like, God, show me what should I be doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I woke up the next morning and I said, you know what? All or nothing. I'm going to put 100% into this or I'm not. Um, Along the way, you know, I've met people who have been extremely supportive. And quite frankly, I've met people that don't. But having a base and having a very solid um, group of individuals that I had already developed, because I had a personal Instagram and personal Facebook page, so people kind of knew who I was. But, you know, everything was very strategic. I did have a business coach um, who basically helped me kind of wade through the waters of trying to carve out my niche And again, um, my niche is health, is beauty and fitness. It's who I am. I think that when newer brands start out, they're all over the place. You know, they buy a ton of webinars. They, you know, they listen to all these tapes, YouTubes, and they're flooded with so much information like I was. And you just drown. And more importantly, you waste a whole lot of money and a whole lot of time. So for me, I was very um, strategic and methodical and how I went about it from starting the YouTube channel and being comfortable on um, YouTube where that prepared me for television. Like I had no idea that a sister circle was going to come along as soon as it were. And everything has just been a platform for the next thing. I made a ton of mistakes. Okay. Let's be clear. (laughs) You not be successful. If you're afraid of failure, failure is your friend. When I got that, when I understood that every time I hired somebody that took my money and didn't produce, when I understood that on those days when I quite frankly didn't feel like working, let alone, you know, perpetuating my business in an industry while I was just so small and nobody knew me. I mean, 
everything was working against me. But people buy from who they like. Right. They buy mm-hmm. from who they know. So in doing so, I created a presence. Um, you know, I started out with a lot of quotes. If you go back on my personal Instagram feed, it's nothing but quotes. And I just started branding them. But they were all related to intrinsic internal health, beauty, and wellness. And then from that point, um, I started looking at, okay, if I were in Target or if I were in um, Walgreens or at Sephora, who would I buy from? What are some of the messages that I respond to? I respond to realness. I'm a very down-to-earth person. I'm a woman of God, but I like people to give it to me straight. No chaser, right? That's what I responded to. So, I made a lot of mistakes in crafting my story in the beginning because a lot of people, they can't take straight no chaser, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to find my common ground and find a way to speak to people. And even when I'm working with marketing, to speak in my voice, all right? So that meant that I had to learn how to be a leader. I had to learn how to be a follower. But I also had to be comfortable enough to make a mistake, admit it course correct and just move the hell on and that's what it is every day i make a mistake and i move on i dust it off you know um i heard beyonce say she gives herself 24 hours to sulk and feel sorry for herself there are mistakes that it takes a little bit more than 24 hours especially when my money's involved but (laughs) you know i just don't allow myself to waste too much time um feeling sorry for myself at almost 50 i may have more days behind me than I have in front of me. So I try to make use of every single day without beating myself up. And I think as women, we're very guilty of that. We beat ourselves up for everything. And I just have to put that in check. It's like, you know what? It's what it is. I'm five foot three. I'll never be any taller. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God has given me, but he's also given me so many resources and so many talents. I'm not a Kobe Bryant. I'm not an Oprah Winfrey, but I'm a TD. And I need to learn to work to that. And once I started doing that, God started opening up supernatural doors. And it's been amazing. It's been hard. Okay. But it's been amazing. I I almost um, don't even want to. That was so good. I almost don't want to ask my, I'm like, I don't even forget it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Right. So (laughs) I was like, I just feel like that issue just ended. But I do have this one question. Because this is something that comes up a lot whenever we're doing our hot topics and we're talking about business owners, particularly on social media or online, where maybe something, some sort of unscrupulous business transaction happens or somebody complains um, online about uh, a, the product or something goes wrong and the business owner then goes on a social media rant. Would that would what yes, you would call it, yes, Tana? And so we're always saying like, okay, is that appropriate? Like, how do you handle those types of things where either you maybe you get some negative feedback about the product or some, you know, you know, not so on the up and up business dealings from somebody else like how do you handle it what are your thoughts on addressing that in the public eye um it's tough because your business is your baby you know you're using your own money your own resources and it's my name it's my face i mean i have a company name but people associate that with me because they buy from who they like i'm real big on admit the mistake fix it 
give people what they want and what they want is to be heard. Mm -hmm. Women in particular, we want to be heard and we want to be understood. I've had a case in point recently where somebody made, um, they uh, bought something online and I had sold out and she wanted this um, product for a big event that she had. The product was not due to come in for another week. So there was no way I could get it to her. And I, you know, I just had to come, Hey, look, it's a big seller. People like this particular matte lipstick and they like this particular lash. I don't have it, but here's what I can do. When it comes in, I'll give you one of those products free and I'll give you half off on your next purchase. And she was fine with it. I think she um, thought I was going to him and I was going to haw and um, give her a, a bag of goods. You know, I had someone else, my very, very first formula with the mats, they were too, too drying. And I thought so. And people were telling me, no, mats are supposed to be like that. They also, you know, a mat is not supposed to dry and flake on your lips. I'm wearing one now, and I've been talking to you guys for an hour. I'm going to leave this interview and go straight to the gym. I knew from trying my products based on what I like that it was too drying. So I took the time to understand the formulation of what I put together send it to the manufacturer. We went through a few iterations before I got it right, but I owned it. You know, it's my mistake. And I think that when you come at it from a position of service, honest and sincere with people, they tend to get it. Never forgetting there are those people you cannot please. And those are not my people. Okay. Those are not my people. Right. I mean, you can't please everybody, but you can be honest. And you can be sincere and you can give people the truth. And the truth is I'm a new brand. The truth is I'm in a saturated market. The truth is I'm an African-American female that doesn't come from lineage of money. I don't come from wealth. I come from working class people. So when things don't go right, I take it pretty personal because it's my name. It's my brand. So I think um, to answer your question, I just keep it real with people. One hundred. Hey, look, I'm sorry. How can I fix this? And when you apologize, they really don't have a hope. They don't have anywhere else to go. They need to accept the apology and accept whatever it is I'm trying to offer, or they can go to another brand. And that's just the chance you take doing business. Right. So, <clears throat> so they, I'm just going to dive in that a little deeper before we go ahead yeah. and let you go. But see, even even your answers are resilient. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell there's a certain level of class that exudes not only from you, but your brand. Looking at your social media presence, your um, website, everything that you do is truly a reflection of who you are as the brand owner. So I just, um, I want to commend you on that because a lot of times you don't get that connection. When you meet the person behind the brand, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you just selling this because you want to make money, not truly because it's what you believe in. So here's the thing. This is what we're talking about in particular. There are some times where things could happen with brands where maybe they solve the situation or they've talked to the person and they've had it out, but they then turn around and take it to social media and then say, hey, I had a client that did such and such and such, and I'm not going to stand for such and such and such, and this is my business, and if you don't like it, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I've seen that. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's a um, a beauty influencer recently, and I'm not going to call her name. She put out some products, and she sold some lipsticks, and that was like hair-like fibers all over the 
lipsticks and you know there's Jeffree Star out there and he gets almost combative with his clients you know that's just not my approach I'm not going to take it to social media if there is an opportunity to learn or I can share a story or go live and say hey guys look and I do that quite a bit specifically on Fridays I'll go live and I'll say okay Moral to the story this week is somebody out there needs to hear this. Get out of your own way. And I'll talk about the scenario without necessarily giving um, a name. But I think accepting personal responsibility and how you accept it, everything ain't for social media. Right. I think that people put too much on. There are certain things that they're sacred and they're beautiful and they're private. There are certain things that are ugly that need to be shared, but it's how you share it. So if there's a complaint, you know, if it's one that I think is universal that I can learn from, I think showing that vulnerability to my um, client base or to my customer base, I think that makes me more relatable. But coming at them combatively, I mean, who needs that? Right. my makeup line, you know, I hope it evolves into what you see with Martha Stewart. I hope to um, get into housewares and, you know, sheets and candles and linen. Like, I want to be the black Martha Stewart eventually, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't want people to feel like they can't talk to me. You know, when I'm at speaking events or I give somebody a sample, I want them to like the sample because I want them to come back and I want them to buy something. But let's say they don't. Let's say they're comparing me to, I don't know, an Estee Lauder. Their formula is different. It's a very known, mature brand. I'm not. I can't apologize for not being as established as they are or for not even having some of their policies and procedures in place. All I can do is keep it real with people. And everything should not go on social media. I totally disagree with that. Well, Janice, I just got to say, I really enjoyed this interview. Thank you. I wish we had like a whole another hour. (laughs) This was like so good. Like I know for our listeners, they are going to absolutely love this interview when they listen to it because you drop gem after gem after gem. And I just like Tiana was saying, just the maturity I think is what a lot of people are lacking just in general. And then it reflects in how they handle their business, just yeah. a general lack of maturity. So I think you have just really people will, if they don't like you after this interview, I don't even, I, mean, I don't know what to tell I, them immediately after this. Like, I just want to go and buy all the things and oh, I'm not you. even a makeup. I'm not the makeup that. artist. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a makeup really artist. about right, being right. relatable it, to people. Like, you've got to be relatable to people mm-hmm. and bring people into this experience. I mean, we're all out here just trying to make it, right? Absolutely. And, you know, makeup is such a personal, personal thing, and every face tells a story. Every time somebody calls me or I get an opportunity to speak to people or, um, um, you know, it's a client or a customer that likes the products, I want to hear why. What did you like? What did, what didn't you like? And that's an opportunity for me to continue to grow. So thank you guys for allowing me to uh, perpetuate my footprint, <laughs> and I look forward to talking to you guys again. Yes, yes. and please keep us posted on Absolutely. what you have coming up. I know you mentioned Sister Sir. Absolutely love Sister Circle. So please let us know and we'll continue to share 
anything on our social media to help get the word out about about what you have going on. And and for our listeners, you guys, you know, we always share with Behind the Grind. We talk about what we do. We bring other business owners up here. And I hope you had your notepad and your pencil out tonight because she not only was telling you what she's doing right now, but she was giving you what she's looking for in the future. So she's not a right now brand. She's a brand that's going to be here for years to come. And it was truly a pleasure. I hope you guys really enjoyed it because I know that we did. And Trinice, we definitely look forward to having you on the podcast again. Thank you guys again.